Hello and welcome to another episode of From Creation to Close. I'm your host, Christina Dolan, and today we're talking to Steve Canute, principal and founder at Tortola Advisors. He's actually also founder and fund manager of Capstan Fund. And before he started both of these companies, Steve actually spent 20 years as an entrepreneur in both music publishing and financial services, which means he has a ton of great insight for growing businesses and ironically is what he does for a living. I have my co-host Justin Williams back with me today. Welcome back, Justin. Happy to be here today for the chat. Uh, I know we're really excited to talk to Steve. I'm really looking forward to hearing about Tortola Advisors. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk to him too. So, and he's here with us, so welcome, Steve. So, just to hop right into it, Tortola Advisors. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us what you guys are doing. Obviously, restructuring uh, is like a a key focus that I, I found just in like the five second view, but like for our <laughs> listeners who aren't familiar with you, uh, I'd love to know more about that. Sure. Crisis management, turnaround, restructuring, special situations. So um, companies that are in distress or investors who put money into a company that's in distress or a company that wants to buy somebody else who's in distress, you know, all those situations require sort of a specialized skill set. And, you know, it's kind of the name, the name changes over the years. It was called Turnaround for a long time. It probably still is. It's called Special Situations more now. It's like a sanitized version, I think. But <laughs> it just like uh, distressed investing used to be called, you know, distressed investing. And now it's called deep value dis- investing. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So there, yeah. Hard but that's what we do. We, we, we advise um, stakeholders in a distressed situation on, on how to... Um, come up with the solutions to, to solve their own problems and to extricate themselves. And sometimes that means helping them thoughtfully wind down and have a soft landing for the people involved. And sometimes it means economic renaissance, you know, restructuring, cleaning, putting them back on track. So like rebranding too sometimes? Sometimes there's rebranding with all of it. I mean, it, it, sometimes no and sometimes yes, because uh, companies will come through a, a, a bruising period and they need to go back and find their find their way again you know yeah yeah i come from startup world before this and a few of those yeah <laughs> there's the a word. lot of, crashed and burned <laughs> <laughs> yeah we call that deep value yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah a few of those didn't work out but here i am so exciting <laughs> but that's so great so how did you get into this line of work like how how did this happen i love small business it's 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 sort of you know i'm 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 sort of evangelical about small business it's what i love it's what i care about it's what you know, drives me. I mean, it's the only thing I've ever done in my life. And whether it was early in my world where I had a music publishing company and a, and a small record label, later I had a, um, a, a mortgage company and a financial planning company. And over, over the years, I've always just been a small business owner. And I still have different businesses that I own and operate, but, but Tortola sort of is where my heart is because it just, I love seeing people who've had the courage to start something, you know, uh, have help. So that started Tortola about eight or nine years ago, maybe. I'm imagining this like as though it's like bar rescue. Like you come in and like right. see what you can do. <laughs> yeah. Or what was the other one with Gordon? Or what's that guy's name? Gordon Ramsay, the like restaurant guy. Uh, Hell's Kitchen or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy who like yeah. comes in and is like, this place is a mess. This restaurant is how we're going to clean it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restaurant nightmare. So is it like that? And is it is it... Like, are people at the companies, if you're doing, like, a, a turnaround, like a rebrand, if it's not the soft landing, if it's the, we can make this work, mm-hmm. do, are they happy about it, the, the employees at the company, or are they kind of, you know, hesitant? You, you sort of get all across the, the, the spectrum. And by the way, I don't really do a lot of shouting or yelling like the TV show. 
maybe maybe a missed opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I get a little um, a little heated sometimes talking with creditors. I suppose I do. I have done that, but maybe um, you get a TV show. If you yeah. <laughs> maybe if I <laughs> behaved badly and yelled, yeah, perhaps yeah. I would. Yeah, it's it's usually hard to get. Um, board of directors and with larger companies and and all those various parties sometimes those people can be very difficult to get on board with the plan because all of them they've got really i would big egos would be one way to say it but they but but not all of them for different reasons some of them because of ego and some of them because of um you mean they don't want to embrace that they're on a sinking ship they don't want to embrace that perhaps they're the reason the ship is sinking uh. i mean it, it, it the one the, the one thing about working with companies in distress is they have to sort of reach a point of capitulation a point a point at which they have the understanding either individually or collectively that they can't fix it on their own because everybody's always the smartest guy in the room up until they're not and, and so they try to fix it and try to fix it and try to fix it. And it reaches a point where there usually is somebody inside the organization or an advisor like a lawyer or CPA raises their hand and says, you guys really need a specialist. You need, you need some help. And so well, those first few weeks are usually a little dicey, getting people to, <laughs> to buy into what you need to do because it gets worse before it gets better. You know, it's like a Band-Aid coming off. Yeah. But, you know, they almost always it comes around to people believe in the process and they work and so there's not a whole lot of pushback from the employees. Most of the time, they're so happy that somebody's there. They're like, you know, finally. Most of the time, they probably like see it all coming anyway. They're probably like... Employees, that, frankly, are the first ones usually to know that there's a problem in the business. Mm-hmm. Like they and, see it coming, and then all of a sudden, they see the guys in suits walk in. They're like, oh, God. Yeah. I knew it. Right. Yeah. I knew this the, was going to yeah, happen. The bobs are here. Yeah, the bobs, yes. <laughs> Which is why, by the way, I, I usually don't wear a suit. I can just sneak in through the back door. Yeah, smart. Yeah. That's good. Smart move. So this podcast is from creation to close and oftentimes we're looking at organizations where companies are creating collateral they're creating uh, assets right from either designers writers um, videographers uh, things that are going to help advance you know move the brand forward um, or define the brand and understanding kind of your organization I would assume based on my understanding it's like you guys come in and I would say oftentimes it sounds like you're you're digging through financials in terms of having to restructure sort of maybe poor decision making or, or bad climate or something you know helping them through a time. Yeah. When it do, when it does bleed over into sort of more of a rebrand is there a time where you all are impacting company process or do you feel like is there a point where you sort of hand back the reins or are you actually driving the ship on like We've got you to this point. Okay, now, now there's like this collateral. There's this, there's all these initiatives you guys need to consider taking on. Yeah. Or running with. Is that something you all do, or is that a handoff point? What does that look like? So there are like three questions in there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> One of them would be, you know, you 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 call videos and 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 URLs and and brands and those things assets in the restructuring world. Assets are like things you can sell, uh, at, you know, for value sure. somewhere. So it's kind of fun. It's a yeah, funny distinction. It's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. The, what, I do know that there are restructuring guys in the West Coast that do restructuring for startups and Internet companies and software. And they're always dealing in buying and selling intellectual property and code. And, you know, we, we don't get into that universe. But, but uh, the, you know, to the question of do, do we end up having to either um, help create or sort of be a partner to them or find other people to help create those, those assets, as you say, those marketing components? And the answer is um, we do. You know, anytime there's sort of a middle-sized company to a little larger-sized company, 
there's there's a huge effort made for a communications plan. So we sort of have to have one communicate like concentric rings. One is to talk to the employees. How do you talk to them so they know what to say at the breakfast table to their significant others? Sure. Then how do how do they how do you then interact with your vendors and your you know your banks and your CPAs and the people kind of in the next kind of ring? Then how do you talk to the broader public? And if it's a publicly traded company, you have shareholder communications and you you time that so you make sure send the news out one minute after the market's closed, for example, so people have all night to digest it rather than panic while it's trading, things like that. All of that stuff comes with collateral material that's really vital. It's all communication sure. stuff. And um, so, so that, that part of it we do, and sometimes we find the assets of ins- the, the people, the human assets inside the company to help us do that. Sometimes we work with a, an outside firm. The other question that, that you're asking in there is, is, you know, and there's a financial restructuring component to all this, but then there's a, a sort of an operational retooling. Right. So there's, you, you look over numbers yeah. and cash flows and spreadsheets and all that, and you try to come up with answers, but you also try to make recommendations on, you know, get rid of this product or this business division. And in those stories and, and those parts, they're always storytelling, which is what you guys do the best at. And, 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 and I know that that's not my skill set is great storytelling. So the storytelling comes in the form of whether it's websites or collateral material or, or emails to clients or whatever, but it's a story that you weave to try to convince people to get on board with your plan. So those tools, their tools are used all the time. You know, you're all's trade. That's fascinating, though. Uh, I guess I don't, before sitting down, I, I always kind of thought about it very much like a financial, financial only, but the operations, like the communication plan thing was kind of, that was a surprise to hear you say it because that is really intentional, but that is a type of storytelling. It's just a completely different intent and audience. So, well, I mean, we so for example, we're we're working with um, a group of nursing homes in the southeast, and some of those nursing homes have to be sold. Other ones of those nursing homes probably have to be um, quietly and and thoughtfully um, closed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're dealing with people's lives and um, families, and to be able to sell those hard assets, you you have to put a book together. You have to tell a story, and that story involves you know, photographs of the homes and involves stories of the demographics of the community. I mean, it's, it's telling a story to somebody who might be a buyer from, you know, the Pacific Northwest. So they get a sense of the community, they get a sense of the people, they get a sense of the home. I mean, they can do appraisals and they can do environmentals and stuff, but there's always that component to it. And then sometimes it's it's even a little more bizarre than that, like working with a company that might have a dispute with a union and you're you're really trying to tell a st- story to people who have guys on the job sites slipping f- brochures to people. And we had a, we had a client who was, <laughs> the union put a giant fat cat in front of our office and blew it. It was like 10 feet tall, inflatable fat cat. What? Like, like <laughs> message. You were like, yeah, message okay. Is, message a bunch heard. of fat cats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was hysterical. There's like two dudes sitting in a lawn chair, lawn chairs so with a sign, you know, next to the fat cat. And I walked by him. I was like, Really? This is the best you can do with storytelling? That much energy went into that. It worked in 1962, but I'm not sure a fat cat in the sidewalk is going to work right now. (laughs) I mean, at least he's a donkey. Come on. Make a statement. (laughs) Wasn't even a good-looking fat cat. Was it like a Garfield-looking thing? No, like a cute little cat. No. That's amazing. Well, so in the same vein, how does your company, you know, go about doing marketing? Do you guys run campaigns? Like, how do you get the Tortola name out there? We put a giant fat cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it says Tortola. You got a lot of social leverage out of that. Like, you yeah, yeah. everybody it's like loves inspiration it. Inspiration from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You're the fat cat guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
You know, we're we're really small. The, just there are just a, a few partners and a few analysts, and we we will partner with operators and and we'll, we we'll grow that way. But we don't we don't ourselves do much marketing beyond what you probably already saw on the website. When you when you clicked around the website and we we don't market to the million people in the metro area or the you know 50,000 businesses or whatever it's like it's down to just a few banks and a few law firms and a few CPAs and a few wealth managers and our our entire universe of of how our world exists is within that handful of people that you know are in cities west you know east of the mississippi so, so mostly so, word of mouth yeah and it? and yeah. sounds like also just referral yeah just professional services people usually are the ones you get a call from a banker that says, look, I've been watching this company melt for two years now. They really need some help. Can you please talk to them? Wow. And that guy has to have faith that you're going to get in there and really help that business do well and at the same time save their $8 million loan or whatever it is. You know. You mentioned earlier how passionate you are about small business. And mm-hmm. so like in your personal life, I would imagine you talk shop a lot. And then you've got all this, like, you've also had this professional network and you just described sort of this organic conversation like, man, uh, this company's imploding. I've been watching them implode for like six months. Yeah. And can, you know, can you maybe step in? I mean, are people just constantly bombarding you with <laughs> requests for like, can you help my business? What should I do about this? What should I do about this? I just, yeah. I see you like, I see like the the visual of like you at the library and you pull the book and it's like somebody on the other side of the aisle like, <laughs> like okay, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Our, our balance sheet's telling me this. Like, what do you think? Well, it's gonna. It's like you know, probably with your you know your high school class reunion. They're like, maybe you guys could do a podcast for us, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, that, like, know, oh, you do that? You oh, do you're that. a chef. Do you want to come cook? For yeah, me? exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so there's, uh, yeah, totally. There's some of that. You know, I, I don't, I don't mind it because I just, you know, I, I, just, I call it this shall be. Somebody who, and, and I heard that phrase a long time ago from a friend, but it's somebody who plants their flag and just says. You know, this shall be. I'm going to build a business here. I'm going to create something from nothing. That that value creation to me is really sacred. I just love it. And and if I if I if I if somebody a friend of mine is starting a business and they have troubles or they have a question or whatever, I think it's totally cool to talk about it. I don't mind. And I, people do definitely ask me a lot. But the 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 one thing I usually try to somehow get in there when I'm talking is sort of like. Um, I do think about what what I do as a sort of specialty. There are not many people in the southeast that do it. And I think about what you guys do also is a specialty the, the, how much how much each of us knows about our individual worlds is pretty pretty significant and so it's sort of like um heart surgery you, you wouldn't go to somebody and say hey look I, my heart's been bugging me and i'm thinking about doing heart surgery on myself <laughs> or my friend my friend's heart's been bugging her and, I, and I, I was thinking of doing heart surgery would you tell me a little bit about that and you you kind of start the story and you tell them well you go to the bank and tell them you're not paying them um, you know, you stop paying your vendors, you do this, you do that. And then, you know, you get a call a week later and they're like, okay, so I open up my friend's chest. Um, you know, they're bleeding profusely, but I forgot what you said step two was in heart surgery. It's, so it's kind of like, it's really, if, yeah. if somebody says, hey, how should I deal with my bank or this lawsuit? I say, well, here's some steps, but it's kind of heart surgery, so don't yeah. try it on your own. You know, I usually try to somehow. That's work. good. Yeah. So, really so it's good. not just this like constant flow. Like you have a pretty good, you have a pretty good w- way to deflect by saying like, there's a reason you would engage someone professionally or engage me. That's right. Like, don't try this at home is basically the shorthand version of that. Comparing something to heart surgery, I would be like, oh, I'll never attempt that on my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all good. I would so totally fun. not Hands do off. that. 
Well, you know, you've clearly been successful in what you've been doing. And I saw doing my research, you've been on some national broadcasts and, yeah. you know, radio, you know, besides podcasts and everything. So I was just curious, you know, more on just the skill set side, you know, how do you go into like a big national broadcast and prepare for that? Like what, what public speaking tips would you have for <laughs> someone? Like, is there anything you're like, this is how I prepare. If I'm, I'm so be poorly on qualified to give any <laughs> advice on that. I mean, oh, come on. I mean, Targeted as, as, messaging. As, evident, uh, <laughs> as evidenced by my presence here, you know, no. I, I would say the, the funny thing happened. I'd never been, um, I'd never done any satellite uplink stuff when I was doing sort of the, the talking head circuit. Mm-hmm. And the first day, it was like uh, I, I went to this place in North Nashville that had a satellite uplink office, and they had it, you know it was a black room with a little riser and a camera a few feet away. Yeah. And they're like, "You're here for makeup?" And I was and I was thinking, I've never had makeup in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like what are you saying? But, <laughs> yeah, sounds a little sexy. Um, and I and I was like, I, you know, I really was kind of along for the ride. I didn't know what I need to do. So. They've stuck this tissue paper down around my suit, my shirt, you know, around my neck, you know. And then as she's talking to me, kind of putting makeup all over, and I'm feeling completely awkward about the entire situation, I'm looking at my clock, and I know that it's it's live, and I know it's supposed to be like, it's like six minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, can we kind of finish this process so I can, like, you know, take a deep breath? You know what I mean? (laughs) And Otherwise, it's like, yeah. out, and... <laughs> That's uh. right. And I was talking, I was going like this, and finally, she goes, just a second, she goes, you kind of talk with your hands a lot. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I do. She's like, hang on a second. And so she puts makeup all on my on my, on my hands. Oh, my God. So I get in there, and, and it's like, they're like, put an earpiece in, and you can hear them going, okay, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go to Nashville next, coming up after a commercial break, and we're going to talk about, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, what am I? And it's still the tissue, like, <laughs> like, like I'm sitting there like a complete dummy. And at one point, I was like, um, could somebody get this, you know, like that? And then the guy that was walking the camera goes, oh no, was that a hot mic? Did you hear that, New York? Did you hear? Oh no. Was the mic on? Okay, thank God. Okay, okay. Thankfully. Uh-oh. And he's looked at me like, shh, like, don't talk anymore, man. There's a mic on you. You're like, but. Yeah, I'm like, but dude, I got like toilet paper hanging out of my collar, you know? <laughs> So anyway, so the answer is I I actually like uh, I, I I like public speaking. I like getting out and doing that. And sometimes we have to get employees of companies together and talk to them as, as a group. Um, we called them, we had a company of like five or employees. We had to call them all into a church across the street to talk to them and things like. I don't mind doing that, but I'd be like woefully unprepared to tell anybody else how to do it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I really don't know. Oh, Just up. watch your tissue paper in yeah. your collar. Watch the tissue. So, so any any actionable tips at all? I mean, like... <laughs> don't don't let them put makeup on you. Don't I would say that, them. yeah. The next few times I did it, I went and I was like, look, there's not much you can do to make me any less ugly, so just don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm like... <laughs> but this is a good place for me to shout out our sponsor, Ecos. So it's Snapshot's sister company. Um, Ecos is a presentation management tool. So with what you're doing... Um, Um, You know, it's not public speaking in a presentation sense, but for anyone out there looking to improve how you distribute decks and collateral to your teams to use in their presentations or, you know, sales process, check out Ecos. It's ecosprez.com, E-C-O-S-P-R-E-Z.com. You won't be disappointed. How do you think she did? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I thought? In, in the world delivering a commercial, how you, did that feel? I felt like there was sort of a levity in your voice with the upward inflection at the end of certain words. I felt like you seemed happy. You delivered the message clearly. You articulated. Your plosives weren't too big. Your fricatives were pronounced. So I'd say, all in all, that was a really grand sponsorship plug right there. Nine out of ten? I'm a, yeah. Oh, that's a 9.8, I'd say. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I was a B student. <laughs> By the way, I made everything up. That is, it, it sounded like it was kind of something you might say, right? You're, you're going to have to go into presentation coaching now, so you're welcome. I, I like the confidence, though, in that response. Like, if that was completely made up, what he just said. It was made up. No, totally. That's something, that's something yeah. really great to take yeah. away from that. Just, smoke like, bring the confidence. Smoke yeah. mirrors. No one will well, you call it, it's fake it till you make it. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Not that fake it till you make it should be like the transition here, but I like you mentioned earlier, you had this weird, you have a weird background. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like you're in a band, you're in music publishing, mortgages, and then here you are. You mentioned early on, very much in the same vein with uh, oh, what's the guy in Taken? What is what is that? Uh, Liam. Liam Neeson. Yeah. You sounded like Liam Neeson for a brief moment when you're like, I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> And, um, I will find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will fix your. Company. So, like, so how, you know, starting on that path, how did you get here? Like, what you know, what what was the music publishing thing about? I heard you mention our label. I apologize, I did not know about the label piece. How did you get that skill set to be doing what you're doing right now? So the the mortgage company process um, was like um, working for close to I don't know eight or nine years, maybe longer. Um, doing mortgages and, 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 and working on sometimes SBA loans, mainly residential mortgages. So you learn a lot about debt structures doing that. Um, I ended up also in a title company and, and we would close loans. So, you know, legal documents, debt structures, how a lender might be able to exercise rights to collateral, just some of the lingo that's around that, you know, industry and, and some of how to, and there, I mean, just like every industry, it's got a lot of lingo that, People would use, usually people use lingo when they're trying to hide. They don't know what they're talking about. But the, in the industry, has a lot of that. And so, how does a lender, you know, perfect their security interest? Phrases like that you never heard you hear anywhere else in the world. And so, learning about that part of it sort of is a huge part of restructuring. It's more complicated in restructuring because there are sort of senior lenders and junior lenders, and there's finance companies, and there's there are leasing companies, and all of those have different rights. And, and understanding how they all interact is really important. But Knowing about debt was helpful for Tortola. Um, there's also just being an entrepreneur who, in the past, has had to sort of put payroll on a credit card, kind of metaphorically. You know, like how do you how do you dig in your own pocket to help something grow? And that gives me some, I think, empathy um, beyond 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 a normal um, person's view of it. I, I feel like I, f- I, th- I think about their struggle a lot personally. Um, care about what happens to them. And, and so being an entrepreneur already and small business owner and then having knowledge about the debt markets, um, it kind of naturally led into it. I had a friend who was a Chapter 11 bankruptcy lawyer, very, very bright guy, who wanted to leave the practice of law and be a business guy. And so we kind of started Tortola together. And, um, and it's, it's really cool, too. I, I am sort of um, uh, engaged by and absorbed into complicated problems. So if somebody, if, if it's a really wacky crazy thing that takes a while to draw out in a whiteboard yeah which is that, like that's my tool to of the trade yeah as a whiteboard um i love that like i just will get on a whiteboard for two or three hours and i love thinking drawing it out and thinking about it um and so i'm, I'm drawn naturally to to try to do that um and uh and so it kind of it kind of worked 
the love of trying to help people, having been in there myself, all those pieces, you know. Um, and then I and then I have invested in businesses too. That so I have some hardware stores and I've got a sheet metal business and other companies that are uh, are these former like restructuring turnaround type clients that you were like, oh, I want to, I just need to, I need to jump into this. No, I do have, I do have like some small ownership and still continue to work with some companies that have been restructured and doing really, really well now. And so I have a sort of ongoing relationship, but no, these businesses are ones that they were in some kind of form of distress and, 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 and I wasn't hired by them to fix them or help them or anything. I was just introduced to, Hey, do you want to buy this asset? Got it. Yeah. It's called deep value. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, so we've got some hardware stores in Georgia and some in South okay. Carolina, and then um, a sheet metal business here in Nashville. So, wow, we're coming close on time. Yeah. Uh, but I have to ask a question. Uh, Wait, before before you do, do you have like a, a jingle that you sang on the way out? Like, <laughs> there is music that plays. Because you do have a, you did the sponsorship plug for Ecos. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Ecos? Yeah. Yes, At ecosprez.com, yeah. P-R-E-Z. Uh-huh. That is correct. <laughs> Nice secondary plug there. I love that. But you, but do, do you, you should have visited them online. Do you not have a, uh, an, a an exit song that you kind of trail off with? Not something we sing or. You should think about that. Yeah, it's an opportunity coming from a pub- yeah. former publishing guy. I, I totally get it. Like, yeah, let's. I've build, got one for you, and I'll, can, I'll cut you a deal off the statutory rate. Nice. <laughs> we'll give you a controlled composition of about three pennies. All right, if you deal. sing it, I'm gonna hit mute because I don't want to pay the licensing fee. <laughs> um, okay, last question on the music front. Are you still in the music world? And I only ask because we share a mutual connection with Elise Scrivener. Yes. Um, and word on the street is you may be in a band <laughs> still. <laughs> yes, we share a connection with Elise, uh, for sure. I am, you know... I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way this is starting. So I did, I did a few records back, you know, in my early 20s, kind of. Okay. And... Um, and then eventually I signed to Capitol Records in L.A. and I lived out there for a little while. I made a record that never came out. And so, so if, if, you, if you dug around on Spotify or, or, or iTunes or something, you would find songs okay. Okay. But if, under different band names and you would then find songs that I had written for other people. And I would say that probably my, the most proud thing of 2017 for me is that I got uh, a royalty check for a song that I had licensed to a movie at where it was picked up by Cinemax and HBO in Europe, and the royalty check was um, net of the some fees of the uh, PRO uh, Performing Rights Organization. <laughs> the royalty check was for seventeen cents. And <laughs> what's even cooler than that is that I actually turned the envelope over to see if I could find out how much the postage was. They actually spent more money. <laughs> Mailing me the check. ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC? It was BMI. Wow. Yeah, and it's and it was. I can't believe they sent you that check. Yeah, it was spectacular. They and and they, frame it. You have to frame they, it. Up. Well, they have a policy of not dispersing money unless it gets to a certain level. That's right. It's always there, it's and, and that's and that's the way it's always been for me. I mean, in the past, I've got checks, but this was this kind of reconciliation moment that you know it was weird, and I got a check for seventeen cents. Which, I mean, if there's anyone that listens to the podcast, and you know, I mean. You have to understand that music business is lucrative. I mean, you can make some coin. <laughs> Literally 17 of them. <laughs> 17 coins. 17 coins. <laughs> 17. What a run. Go the kings. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Yes, Steve, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast from creation to close. So you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thanks for listening.